is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Mick Shots. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. And oh, what a Tuesday it is inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios at Ford Center at the Star in Frisco and elsewhere. Bill Jones with Everson Walls and Mickey Spagnola. And you know what day this is? I do know Does what day it is. Does anybody have any idea what I do. day this is? What day is this, Mickey Spagnola? This is Chris Beam's birthday. January 12th, January 12th, it's Chris Beam, our producer's birthday today. How about that? A fellow Capricorn. I had Uh no idea. Yeah. Right on, Christopher. And he's working. He's working on his birthday. He's, in fact, he is working this show. That's why this show will come off flawlessly because Chris Beam is at the controls, although he will not show himself on mix shots for some reason. He, and, for some reason, he won't. And, Bill, you want to know a, a strange uh, oddity and why I remember this? Uh, because No, why is that? His birthday is the same day as my sister's. And his brother oh. and his brother's birthday, Rich, is on the same day as mine uh-huh. in December. That wow, amazing! How about that? Very cool. Very cool. Now the years are a little different, but <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Rich in that scouting department has done yeoman work for so many years for this team, and it's a rather busy time. Well. Any time of the year is a busy time of the year for a Cowboys scout, but especially this time of the year and especially with what they're going to be dealing with leading up to the draft. How much has happened, though, Everson, since the last time we talked a week ago? Well, I have been sorely disappointed. Uh, Once again, I did not get the defensive coordinator's job for the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) (laughs) I threw my name in the hat, but it was the wrong hat. That's why I didn't get the job. So it's the way it goes. It's just it's amazing how much happens uh, in the first week of the offseason. And it just... uh, uh, jump starts. Uh, you know, I think, Mickey, that uh, that especially, well, I, I think even for NFL fans, a lot of times this time of the year uh, gets them riled up as much as any time of the year because you're trying to fix your team now, and uh, the Cowboys have gone to work rather quickly in trying to fix that defense. Yeah, and I think uh, for the fans out there, they everybody's a GM more so than a coach, right? So, uh, they feel like they can run this thing. But I don't think it was any surprise uh, that the Cowboys cut ties with Mike Nolan as the defensive coordinator. I think we probably seen that coming for uh, quite some time. And I would imagine, you know, the Cowboys were, I don't think it was a thing, oh, we got to the end of the season, now we're going to have to look for a new defensive coordinator. I think they probably had their eye on what was going on on other staffs and who was going to be available and who became available. 
Uh, so I think this was probably pretty well thought out uh, before uh, deciding uh, yesterday to uh, hire uh, Dan Quinn as the new defensive coordinator. Uh, they had had a virtual interview with him on Sunday. And then when you fly a guy in in these circumstances on Monday for an interview, <laughs> you pretty much know what's getting ready to happen, right? Right. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm not flying in for an interview. I may not make it back home. So, yeah, yeah. you make a lot of sense, Fag. Yeah, absolutely. I'm flying in to sign that contract. Yeah. Now, absolutely. you talk about being a, a – not being a head coach – uh, that's what everyone was talking about, you know, on social media. I mean, the guy's, you know, not a good head coach, but as a DC, you know, he had some, he's got some bones, you know what I mean? He got some bones in his hand. And uh, that Seattle Seahawks team was something that he's been laying his hat on for quite some time. But then at the same time, you look at what happened in the Super Bowl as a head coach. And it just doesn't bode well. So I don't know, guys. It didn't, it didn't seem like it took much thought uh, as much as McCarthy is just trying to find a competent coordinator that he has a good relationship with. He's not going to bring in anyone that he hadn't worked with before. That seems to be obvious. So uh, uh, McCarthy seems to be a little bit of a homie, a little bit of a homer there. He, he, he brings in people that he definitely knows and, and feels comfortable with. Well, I hope, he knows. I hope that doesn't he supersede. Knows, I hope it doesn't supersede their their competence, though. Well, he knows he knows Quinn because uh, uh, Quinn beat him on the way to the Super Bowl when he was the defensive coordinator uh, in Seattle. I hear you. Right? And, and uh, or or beat him in uh, no beat him in 2016 as the Falcons were going to the Super Bowl. By the way, so right. uh, that's how he knows them. Uh, and, and let's not, yeah, I understand the Falcons lost the Super Bowl, uh, but they got there. And that's something that hadn't happened here they in 20, got there. 25 years. So uh, kudos for him doing that. Also, by the way, he, he had beaten the Cowboys twice in a row in his first year as a head coach, 39-28. And we will never forget 2017 when they beat the Cowboys 27-7 and had like eight sacks and made a career for Adrian Claiborne with six of those. <laughs> so, uh, from Where is defense, Adrian Claiborne right now? Uh, he, he was in Cleveland this Cleveland, year, I think. Cleveland, yeah. Absolutely. We just put him all the way up into the stratosphere, didn't we? And he made a lot of <laughs> well, money he went, off he went, all Actually, that. he went to the... You know, he went to the Patriots yep. after the Falcons, and then he may have gone back to Atlanta, and then he was, he's in Cleveland, and so he's just every year he just checks, uh, cashes another big paycheck for uh, thanks to Chaz Green. <laughs> hey, we'll look up, and he'll be here with us next year. <laughs> there, you, uh, there you, Well, it's, you know, that's the way. It, as you know, Everson, that's the way it works. It's that's that, how uh, it works. Familiarity and and. You know, a lot of times that's as kind of what you're talking about. It's not only with McCarthy, but so many coaches. Uh, it's the guys they're familiar with that right. um, that they will hire. And uh, and even though he hadn't maybe worked with him before, uh, you know, Quinn's been around a, a good while. And uh, as you talk about with that Seattle defense, the Legion of Boom defense, they had uh, he, he had a pretty good run there. He was first there as an assistant, then left, uh, and then came back as the coordinator. And uh, when he was the coordinator there, uh, it was Super Bowl runs then, too. 
Uh, two of them, by if, the way. And it was out, based on if, their if defense, we come too. Out, hey, if, if we come out this year in another nickel defense on first down, <laughs> I'm going to go throw myself off of, somebody, <laughs> off of somebody's building downtown because I hope we're not going through this again. I, I, I look for more, I don't know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, you know, traditional. I want to be more traditional here in Dallas in regards to stopping people. All this, this uh, unconventional defense, it just hadn't been working for us the last couple of years. Well, if you if you look at well, it, it, you know when I saw who the other guys they were interviewing, uh, virtually Joe Witt and Jason Simmons, these guys were passing game coordinators, secondary coaches. But when I saw a guy that was a successful former defensive coordinators, which those guys hadn't been, and and not just in the NFL, but had a pretty good run at uh, that one year when he did leave Seattle as the defensive line coach to become the off the defensive coordinator at Florida, where they ended up as the yeah. uh, eighth-ranked defense that year. You know, he's had defensive coordinator experience, and I think, you know, the, the last thing the Cowboys needed is somebody young to come in and tutor to be a defensive coordinator for the first time. They needed somebody established. Uh, to come in, somebody that had a track record, somebody had skins on the wall with these players uh, that would catch their attention uh, when they reconvene here in whatever March, April, whenever we get around to that. Do you know, you it's think interesting. He'll have uh, like an understudy that he might bring in with him, or you know, someone that he could pass the baton to. Uh, Joe Whip might be. <laughs> Joe Whip might be yeah. coming along with him. Who interviewed for the job since he was on his staff in Atlanta, and he has a history with Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I don't think we this is. See. This isn't the last. This isn't the last shoot of uh, to fall here. Uh, the, you know, they got to bring in a defensive line coach. Uh, he's been a defensive line coach, so he probably knows people that he likes in that position. And Bill's right about uh, Joe Witt had coached in Green Bay with McCarthy. And, you know, who knows what they do if they shake up the secondary. And, you know, they may listen to the, to the um, you know, the new coordinator if he's got guys that he wants to uh, go ahead and, and work with. Yeah, I think they will. I think they will. Also, you know, uh, the guy that was always standing next to him, uh, and I think it was his D.C. in the Super Bowl, or at least he was a secondary coach. Uh, is it uh, Raheem Morris? Do I have his name right? Well, yeah, Raheem Morris, uh, you know, he's been uh, with Tampa Bay, and then he was a head coach in uh, – I'm trying to recall in on, Atlanta. on well, he, I think he, he ended up, he ended up, yeah. the, he ended up the, the interim coach, or, or am I confused? I think he was the interim coach in Atlanta for a minute. Uh, he's been around. Uh, I think he went to the Reds uh, to, uh, at that time, they were the Redskins, but the Washington team, uh, and they were very close when he was there doing that. I think he was, they were close doing that Super Bowl run. That's right. That's right. Raheem was the interim coach after Quinn was let go this year. And so Raheem Morris has been uh, with the Falcons since 2015. So he's been there the whole time uh, that Quinn has been there. And you're right, uh, Everson, prior to that, he was in Washington 2012 to 14. Prior to that, 
He was the Tampa head coach, Tampa Bay head coach, 09 to 11, and their defensive backs coach uh, prior to that. And he was a K State defensive coordinator under Bill Snyder, going all the way back to 2006. You know, and I've seen his name come up for some of these head coaching jobs too. So they might let mm-hmm. that play out before uh, he might bring That's in a, right. bring in a guy a guy right. like that. But look, it, at least Dan Quinn uh, has a track record. I mean, what he did in Seattle was incredible. Now, I know I know when you have Cam Chancellor and Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright and Richard Sherman and Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill and Earl Thomas, you probably got a pretty good head start on having a, a decent defense. But at least it's a, it's a guy that, that is structured in a 4-3 defense, not coming in here trying to play a little bit of 4-3, a little bit 3-4, trying to invent, reinvent the wheel. Uh, when it, it should be pretty simple to look at the personnel here and think it's a 4-3 defense with the defensive ends they have. They are not those outside linebackers that you need in a, in a 3-4. Uh, so uh, I, I, or, or, you know, I, I just think that uh, the transition should be a lot easier uh, with him and his track record those two seasons uh, in Seattle, when by the way they won one Super Bowl and lost one Super Bowl, uh, so that's right. Uh, he he's got they a pretty darn good, two. and they should have won, won two. two if You're it right wasn't for the bad call. And and, and I <laughs> and I saw this note that you know they that 2013 season when they led the league in uh, points given up, they led the league in pass defense, they led the league with 39 takeaways, and that's the first time a team has done that triple defensively since the 1985 Chicago Bears. So uh, he had something going there. Now, obviously, he'll need some help. They need personnel. Uh, but again, uh, and I'll say it, and, 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 and people need to realize this, this Cowboy defense finished 23rd overall, 31st against the run, and this was a defense the year before that finished 9th overall and 11th against the run. So I know they lost some personnel, uh, but still the majority of the guys on that defense had come back uh, and were playing on that same defense that played decently uh, in uh, 2019. I got to tell you, Spags, the way things are going uh, around the country uh, with with the pandemic and it's not slowing down, I think this offseason is still going to be extremely uncomfortable uh, I think it's still going to be a challenge for coaches and players to get together without having a whole bunch of protocol issues. That's number one. Uh, number two, uh, I think Dan might come in and change a whole lot of this uh, team personnel, some player personnel. Uh, I think he may try and get some of his guys in that he may feel more comfortable with, especially around the front seven again things might be be a little bit different uh you talked about uh the, the that's not the the last shoe to drop i think you i think as far as football personnel that's also going to be the case because he's accustomed to certain types of players but it's going to be difficult to really uh, uh manage trying to get players in and things of that nature just as difficult as it was last year so there are going to be some challenges that he's going to have to face, like the same challenges we had this past offseason. Well, I'll take care of one of his challenges. Well, if he needs a defensive tackle, I'll take number 58 from Alabama, okay? 
<laughs> Barmore. If he's still there with the 10th pick. You know, uh, all right. Uh, uh, well, along those lines, you know, uh, uh, Mickey, you talked about the talent that he had in Seattle, and a lot of that talent was already there when he came back as uh, the defensive coordinator. But he was there as a defensive line coach when they started acquiring that talent, when Pete Carroll took over there in Seattle before he left to go to uh, University of Florida as a D.C. Uh, and then he comes into Atlanta – and who do they pick in the fifth round his first year there? A defensive tackle by the name of Grady Jarrett, who has turned out to be pretty darn good in this league uh, as far as making Pro Bowls and so forth. Uh, and, you know, and you know, as well as I do, how much the coaching staff has an input uh, as far as uh, drafting players goes and on this uh, Cowboys team and uh, the, the scouting staff and Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, they want the coaches to be involved in it. And if he can pick talent, you know, the other thing, they've picked linebackers pretty good in Atlanta the last few years as well. Uh, and, and so if he's – that judge of talent, I think, is a big part of uh, being a defensive coordinator uh, point, for this yeah. Cowboys team. And I yeah. bet that was part of the interview too, by the way. Not, not only, you know, the type of players you want, uh, you see what we have. And I'm sure he did his homework on what the Cowboys had uh, along with uh, just looking for the right type of person. Uh, and, hey – as good as that Barmore was last night, I liked his attitude during the interviews afterwards. I, I want somebody that's got a little oomph to him. And he was like, yeah, we were the best. <laughs> we, we were supposed to come out and win this game. God bless him. <laughs> hey, he that spoke. Nick Saban probably beat it into his head all, all week long, all month long. So, yeah, that's kind of the attitude that they've had there in Alabama. Uh, but when you talk about – uh, how the draft is going to turn out. I'm hoping that the Cowboys are looking for defense first this season. Uh, let's look at trying to get that impact player, maybe even trade up uh, and start making some moves because as far as I'm concerned, offensively, if we can just, of course, get our offensive linemen healthy, that wouldn't be a priority on this team. Defensively, we have got, I think, our first three picks should be quality defensive players on this team. Sort of like they did last year. Right, the that, first four, four, the four, four of the first five were on defense, right? Second, third, yeah. fourth, and, and, and then they brought in another fourth at the end of the round and then drafted another defensive guy in the fifth round. So, you know, everybody keeps talking about they ignore defense. Yeah, they picked C.D. Lamb, but every pick after that was nearly defensive, except for Tyler Biotish, who's going to be your starting center uh, this coming season. Everson, did you have a chance to watch much of that game last night, <laughs> Alabama? I, I watched a bit of it. <laughs> I'm going to get Spags in trouble here. I watched a bit of it, and uh, by halftime, I think by – the beginning of the third, I lost interest, and well, I, you did. I, I, so did so, I, so did Al, so did Ohio I was State. Start on the popcorn, removing the popcorn from the ceiling. So, <laughs> I actually did it, Bill. I, I I texted Spags and I told him I am going to attack this popcorn on my ceiling. I got so excited, <laughs> I didn't just do one room. I went halfway into the other room. So 
Yeah. All right. I saw some of the game. Yeah, and Bill, I couldn't. <laughs> you got your popcorn ready. I couldn't. I couldn't help myself. I needed to text somebody, so I said, "Well, maybe somebody that's been a defensive player in the NFL will appreciate this." <laughs> I texted him and I said, "Do you think the news that Deontay Smith won the Heisman Trophy made it to the state of Ohio?" <laughs> My son and I, I got so frustrated when he lined up in the slot on the left side and he ran directly to the end zone diagonally and no one touched him with the linebacker my son chasing said him the same thing oh my god are they gonna do they realize who this guy is and it's just crazy <laughs> i was that's when i said you know what here i come popcorn i'm ready to, i'm ready to take you on <laughs> I, I would have been double teaming him from the first snap of the game somebody that's else is gonna I have said, to beat Spaz. me I, 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 Hey, Everson, I think it was Emmanuel Acho who tweeted last night after that touchdown where they lined him up in the slot and then that poor linebacker was trying to chase him down the middle of the field. Uh, Acho said, that linebacker needs to just keep on jogging up to the coach's box and slap his defensive coordinator upside the head. Hey, you know what? My son said, who is this linebacker? He looks like he's running in molasses. <laughs> Number thirty-two. But that's that's how. But that's how quick and how good this guy Smith is. To he'll make, and that's a quality linebacker that we're talking about here. He sure. made him look like he was just an average Joe. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. There aren't very many linebackers that are going to be able to run with that nope. guy down the middle no, of the no, field. No, no, no. <laughs> and so Longhorn fans are pretty excited about Steve Sarkeesian, what he's going to bring down to Texas uh, with the play calling that he had in last night's game. He had he had uh, he had it all working. Well, and, and, and you know, when you talk about an Ohio State team like they played, that is, Ohio State. I used to get into arguments with Ron Springs all the time about who has the best athletes. And he always bragged on Ohio State, and I, I couldn't argue against him. They always have such not just athletic players, but also football talented players on that squad. And Alabama and, and, and Sark made them look like they were just another team, just another mm -hmm. team out there. And that is a, that's a quality defense that they were just running by all night long. Yeah, and, I, and then I, I kept hearing excuses about, well, we didn't have this player or that player. And I, I said to myself, you know what? That's what happens when you play, uh, you know, try playing 11 games instead of six. You know, Man. you right. have injuries. Yes. <laughs> Hey, how yes. about you know, how about they lose their run? Ohio State loses Trey Sermon, their running back, on the first play of the game. Well, uh, if you look at his track record at Oklahoma, and I, I looked it up for Steve Dennis last night, <laughs> huge Ohio State. I said over three years at Oklahoma, he always was battling some sort of injury, and, and I love Trey Sermon as a running back. He's going to be in yeah. this draft. He's and he's a guy that you want to look at, but he also has an injury history. And uh, I looked it up, and over the three years at OU, he averaged 113 carries. A season. It was always about the eighth game of the year that, okay, he's banged up now. Well, it was the eighth game of the year for Ohio State, and he got hurt on the first play of the game. And right at 116 snaps on the season, carries on the season uh, for him. But you're right. I mean, that's that was my whole issue with Ohio State being in the game to begin with. It was not the quality of 
um, the team. They're obviously they've got the 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 talent, and they could have won the whole thing if uh, things fell right. If they and if Alabama uh, would have had a COVID outbreak, but <laughs> um, <laughs> all things but equal, they didn't face they didn't they didn't face the live bullets all season. They only played well. It was seven games before last night. It was six games before six games uh, what, before or the five games before they played in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. exactly. And uh, and you have to play the games in order to qualify to get into the playoff, in my opinion. Anyway. Well, it seemed that once they beat Clemson, you know, it, it, it really like, okay, that shut up all the, 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 the critics because of how they really handled Clemson and their, their biggest critic, critic in Dabo. And so when you look at how that happened, you kind of thought that they put all naysayers aside but, of course, if you don't win out, then it's going to pop back up, and then here we are. Yep. Uh, and, oh, the reason I brought that up in the first place, Everson, to you, did you have a chance to check out Patrick Sertan, the cornerback for uh, Alabama, who uh, might be a guy that the Cowboys would be considering? How about having a couple of Alabama cornerbacks on this team? He's, he's, he's uh, uh, Sertan the second, correct? Sertan the second? Yes, he is. That's right. Yes, yeah. I saw Dad in the stands, yeah. That was good yeah. stuff. I'd love to have him here, but they got to come in playing like he did last night. You know, mm-hmm. don't come in here playing like they played last year. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to have any excuses. I want to draft some players who are ready to make a difference this year. And I'm not talking about two interceptions and uh, I don't understand the defense. I want some players that come in with that number 58's attitude, no matter what position you play. All right, we're just getting started on this edition of Mixed Shots. We've got so much to get into over the course of the next 35 or 40 minutes or so. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Grab some OtterBox gear and get ready for hanging with the boys. From rugged venture coolers to tough-as-nails elevation tumblers, we've got what you need to keep your game day drinks frosty and your football feast ice cold. And with cases, screen protectors, and power accessories, you can defend your phone and stay connected to every play. Gear up at OtterBox.com and amp up the fun of every Cowboys game. That's OtterBox.com. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of mine. 
Ah, uh, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back, back, back. To Mick Shots. All right, find out why this year's Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders making the team is the most competitive yet. Don't miss new episodes of Season 15 every Tuesday night at 9 o'clock Central Time on CMT. Every Tuesday, that is a very timely read, Mickey Spagnola, <laughs> because it is Tuesday. And so it's a constant reminder every Tuesday we're going to give you as long as the season lasts. I'm not sure how long the season lasts, but maybe they have reruns after the uh, episode. Maybe it goes all year long. I'm not sure. But check it out Tuesday night, 9 o'clock Central Time on uh, CMT. Okay, we mentioned in the first segment, Mickey, Mike Nolan uh, wasn't a surprise at all uh, that he was let go on Friday. Also, Jim Tom Sula, uh, defensive line coach, was let go. And, of course, he was sort of uh, Nolan's right-hand man. They had a history together uh, in San Francisco. So I don't think it was uh, surprising that Tom Sula was uh, also uh, let go on uh, Friday. No, I think you're uh, exactly right. And, you know, I think probably some of it had to do with uh, knowing that kind of where they wanted to go with the defensive coordinator deal. And, and you know, here's another thing that I, I think might have taken place. You know, we, we heard about how they had exit interviews with the players. Well, I think when you get to that point, and Everson, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think when you get to that point in the season, and Mike McCarthy made mention of, yeah, I've done the exit interview with our team leaders, meaning the defensive guys that they, he considered their leaders. And I'm guessing, you know, when they got asked the question about how things went, you'd be more <laughs> likely to speak up after the season than during the season, right? And, 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 you know, and <laughs> right. I think at some point you got to listen to guys. And, and, and I would imagine, yeah. you know, I bet Mike Nolan didn't get uh, a whole lot of pats on the back for the job he did from the players. Uh, if you just go back and listen to what uh, Demarcus Lawrence had to say uh, after the season in his last uh, co press conference, uh, conference call, and he talked about how, you know, I'll, I'll you know, when you change things like that, it's easy for a guy like me, but for young guys, it was hard to kind of get the concept right. And then he, he went on to mention, he goes, and I give Mike Nolan credit because he kind of changed things towards the end and we started playing better. He said, so at least he was mm -hmm. man enough to do that. So I would imagine when he got asked the question, he probably would have said the same thing to the owner that he said to us. I tell you, Spags, uh, I, I can count the, uh, how can I put the the, the post-season interviews back in the 80s on one finger. <laughs> I was going to ask you if, if <laughs> that was common practice care, back right? then. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and what season was that? <laughs> I, 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 I really, I, I, when I say one finger, I don't have less than a finger. Can I say fingernail? <laughs> okay, so you can count it on zero I, fingers. <laughs> there were no meetings. That would, you know, you talk about post meetings. I don't, I, once we were done, it was almost like you got fired. We cleaned out our locker and we went home 
until the off-season workouts were scheduled to start. So no, that was none of that. No, nope. you're gonna tell Tom, you're gonna tell Tom Landry, hey coach, uh, your flex wasn't working right. You know, as a, as a cornerback, uh, I feel that I need more pressure on first down. Forget playing the run. I want to play the pass all the time. You know, let's let those horses go. I mean, if if I could have told him that, I sure would have. But I never, ever was asked by Tom Landry or anyone in the Cowboy organization what I thought about the past season. And I wasn't right. the only one. Okay. So, Everson, let me ask you this. Is it better now that the, that the players have input? Hell, yes, yeah, better. I was a youth <laughs> rep. I, it was better. Players should get as much love. I've been fighting this fight that the players are, are, are you know, succeeding at for over 30 years. I was a union rep. I was out on the picket line by myself. Okay? No one wanted to be out there with me. So, not only was it not the time, that Cowboys were at that time as well, even though we were uh, bordering on bankruptcy and things of that nature, the Cowboys were still the most powerful and popular team in all of sports, even though we weren't winning. It just didn't have Jerry Jones there to, to up the prices on everything. That's all it was. That's the only difference. So, uh, and, and I, I agree with you, Mickey. In fact, uh, Mike McCarthy said that and it's when we taped the coaches' show that uh, he was uh, he, um, he he was inspired. I think was the word he used after hearing what the players had to say. And I think the other thing that comes into that um, is you know the the wheels could have got turning as far as the input from the players before the Monday after the last regular season game. But the Cowboys were still in it all the way to the end. And so there was never a time or place for it. If the Cowboys had been eliminated, uh, you know, by Christmas, you know, a week or so earlier, then those conversations could have been had informally, you know, even before the end of the season. But this team was still focused on doing what they had to do to win football games. And I think that's actually why it took until Friday before the obvious happened and there was uh, the change made as far as the defensive coordinator uh, is concerned. And, uh, you know, and and as far as Mike Nolan is concerned, I think that if probably if he had it to do over again, uh, if he knew what was and wasn't being learned through those off-season virtual uh, sessions, uh, he probably would have taken a different approach uh, in in uh, in the things that he did. But I think that one of the biggest things, what Mickey you talked about in the earlier segment, is the fact that they need to have a coaching philosophy on defense that fits their personnel. And I believe the 4-3 defense would fit their personnel better than what we were seeing this year. Oh, you know, absolutely. And especially, you know, and we'll see what happens with, um, you know, from the defensive front. Uh, you know, will, will Alden Smith come back? It, it sounded like they they sort of liked what he did. Now it's a matter of, um, you know, it's, it, 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 it comes down to finances, and somebody else might be really interested in them. They still have the rights to Randy Gregory. Uh, Antoine Woods would uh, be another a, uh, restricted free agent, uh, so technically they could have his rights too. 
And the other thing on Alden Smith is, uh, you know, Tom Sula had him in San Francisco, and so that was one of the main reasons that Alden Smith was right. here to begin with. Where does Tom Sula wind up? I mean, will, would Alden Smith follow him wherever he goes? Uh, you know, um, so there's so much. The, the thought we don't know is with Dan Quinn and whoever the coaches are on this staff, they're going to have a different opinion about players than what the current, uh, what the the 2020 coaching staff had, and so it's hard to predict uh, a lot of stuff about free agency right now. And they probably know what those you know, guys think because when you bring in guys like that for interviews, you're you're picking team guys' brains, right? Even if you don't hire them, you're trying to figure out what do they know, what do they know about us, uh, because I'll guarantee you when these guys get a, a call for an interview they don't just fly in and say oh i'm here they do their homework they probably start looking at tape and knowing what the cowboys could do or couldn't do what the personnel was like and even if you don't hire them i know that was one of the reasons why jerry would love to interview six guys for a head coaching job just to pick their brain and find out more about what somebody else thinks uh, of his team and i would imagine this time around uh, you know, with those other two guys, they probably were picking their brain, too. And who knows? You know, as you said, Bill, one of them might be here. Let's let's go through this, guys. Let's let's think. What if what if Andy Dalton doesn't get a concussion in the in the Washington game mm-hmm. and his continuity uh, continues to improve? You know, he he gets more games, more consecutive games under his belt. He hits the stride sooner during the season than he would have when he had COVID on top of the uh, concussion protocol. That is something that has always run through my mind. Uh, Even though I was kind of disappointed in his play in the last game, he was feeling the pressure. Let's just be real. And I don't mean physical pressure. I think he was just really feeling the pressure that he had put on himself. But I think he would have gone past all of that if he would have continued to play without the interruption. His improvement would have continued. Therefore, offensively, our improvement would have continued. And let's be real, guys. As our offense continued to improve, our defense also continued to capitalize off of their successes. So if, if 53 Boston, he, if he doesn't commit that personal foul, we're looking at possibly an entirely different look on the Cowboys, and maybe Mike Nolan still has a job. And the Cowboys, well, no, they wouldn't still be playing because they wouldn't have beaten Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> they would have played Tampa, they would have lost, and then we would have still been saying, boy, we're going to get them next year. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and then the Nolan decision would have been made this week instead of last week. <laughs> because, you know what, and I understand how the, the takeaways in those last games turned things around, but they were still giving up gobs of yards, right? I mean, gobs. Uh, and, and they might have won some games, but they're giving up 400 yards total offense. Yep. You know, at some point, you got to be able to stop people. And you, I know, you know, the turnovers are great, getting those takeaways are great, but you can't count on that to happen at that rate uh, when you're giving up that many yards. I mean, uh, go back and look at the yardage they gave up against Baltimore. You know, they kept talking about all the yards that they gained running. 
in the in the playoff game uh, with Lamar Jackson just running by people, but that happened against the Cowboys. They gave up what was it, yeah. 270 some yards rushing that game, uh, if I remember correctly, and, and they gave and up. Not a lo- to mention the Cardinals game as well. Right, and they gave up a bunch of yards to when they beat Minnesota. They still gave up a bunch of yards. They were giving up rushing yards left and right. They never really slowed anybody down. Uh, so, uh, and and I agree that you know you can kind of if the offense is playing better than the defense, yeah, they you know they, the teams have got to start taking chances against you, and you have a chance defensively. But boy, they just were not shutting anybody down. Anytime that you can't stop the run, and I am a living witness, 1985. Oh, hell, 1983. Anytime we saw Eric Dickerson, anytime we saw Walter Payton, you know, they always knew as we got uh, older on our defensive line, that was the way we we were attacked. In the early 80s spags, they would come at us with the pass because you had Harvey Martin, John Dutton, Too Tall, and Randy. Okay, so you're you're not going to try and run on those guys when the flex defense is at its best in the early 80s. But as we start to go into 85, 86, 87, the guys start to get a little bit older and the opposition start to realize the flex was obsolete. And, And so we're in the secondary. There's nothing you can do. You know, they're running the ball. They're running the ball. They're running the ball. And it's such a a helpless feeling. And I, I could feel that for the boys this year, all year long, uh, when it seemed like we had to make a play, we just couldn't. And it all came from the run. Yeah, you know, and, and the thing that stood out to me watching these playoff games all weekend, uh, watching six games, and I know it's probably not what happened in all six games, but my takeaway from those games watching them was, number one, the teams that ran the ball really well ended up winning. The teams that played well defensively, they ended up winning because now your offense right. doesn't have to score 30 points, doesn't have to score 40 points to be able to uh, win a game. And those were two of the Cowboys' downfalls. They did not run the ball effectively enough all season long. And that had something to do with that offensive line that they were playing with. And then from a defensive standpoint, they just had trouble stopping people. And if you, can't, if you get into the playoffs and you can't stop anybody, chances are you're going to struggle. And I, and I think that's what happened. You said happened. it, Spags. What happened, you said what it, happened, that's what happened pl- with that's playoff football. football, right? What happened with Cleveland, right? I don't know how c- good Cleveland was offensively, but, boy, they sure took advantage of everything that, that – uh, was handed to him uh, defensively from the first snap of the yep. darn game. How about that? You know what that game reminded me of? It, it reminded me of the Cowboys' 1994 <laughs> NFC title game against San Francisco when they turned the ball over the first three possessions in that game and fell behind 21 to nothing, and there was still seven minutes to go in the first quarter. And they nearly caught up. That was exactly up. what you saw this weekend. Right, isn't that hey, what I here's saw? Here's the other part of that, Mickey. 
Mickey, who was turning the ball over for the Cowboys in that game? It were future Hall of Famers yes. that were turning the football over in that game. And in that Pittsburgh-Cleveland game, it's a future, perhaps a future Hall of Fame center in Pouncey on the first play of the game. And then, you know. and then the, quor- no, and then the quarterback, be. right? Yeah. And the quarterback's a future Hall of Famer, yeah. I mean, um, you know, the other thing on that, I was l- just looking up. I wrote it down on Sunday night. The quarterbacks in the playoff games, and I'm struggling to find it, but the the numbers on the quarterbacks in the, in the playoff games over the weekend, the winning quarterbacks, I believe, threw a total of one interception in the six games, and the losing quarterbacks, it was around seven or eight interceptions. Uh, right. And part of that is they're playing from behind. they got to take more chances. Uh, but it, to your point, Mickey, about being able to run the football, and it's, uh, and it's such a complimentary thing between offense and defense. If you can get ahead, uh, it's just, it's, it makes it so much easier on your quarterback. Well, and you know what? And some of those interceptions that took place, they were batted balls at the line of scrimmage. How about that? Defensive linemen getting their hand on the ball. Yeah, a couple of them didn't even go past the line of scrimmage. (laughs) It was, they got it in the pocket. He got the ball in the pocket. That's in the quarterback's pocket. That's how it goes. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, We need to look ahead to this coming week. Since we're only doing this once a week, we got to look ahead to uh, what's coming up this coming weekend, playoff Football and the National the Football League. What's that? <laughs> the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> <laughs> well, nothing's happening with them right now, so unfortunately. Uh, but we'll do that and much more when Mix Shots continues in just a moment. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and cream soda. A delicious duet. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. 
Again, find out why this year's Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders making the team is the most competitive yet. Don't miss new episodes of season 15 every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Central on CMT, which means 9 o'clock tonight. You can tune in. Boy, you get back right. in the offseason, Spags. Why do you suck during the season and you're better in the offseason? That's like me having a great spring game and I suck during the opening. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. I'm relaxed now. <laughs> yeah, I tried. He's got too much on his plate during the season, you know? You, you, you no clear shot. that stuff not, off not his plate calm. and he can focus, yeah, focus you noticed on I, it more. I, I didn't have right, to shave, I, right? I found those... <laughs> I found those numbers on the quarterbacks over the weekend in the six playoff games. The winning quarterbacks had one interception and ten touchdown passes. That's that's like Troy Aikman in the playoffs in 1992. I think that was Troy's numbers on the Cowboys went to the playoffs and won Super Bowl 27. And by the way, Chris Beam, we are birthday boy. We are getting feedback in our ears uh, right now. There we go. There you and, go. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> and <laughs> the losing quarterbacks had a total of seven interceptions and eleven touchdown passes. So the picks were seven to one. There you go. But All boy, right. Roethlisberger had what five hundred yards passing? Yeah. So four of those interceptions were from Big Ben. So there's that, too. And for the touchdowns, too, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. But to your point, Mickey, all right, you take Big Ben's numbers out of there, and as far as losing quarterbacks, there were seven touchdown passes, and even the winning uh, in six games, only ten touchdown passes. Uh, You know, running the football was a key in winning these games over the weekend. Man, I'll tell you what, that that touchdown run, Lamar Jackson from 50 yards, he kicked it in a gear that I don't think anybody realized he had. <laughs> Those guys had the angle on him, and he still ran by them. That was unbelievable. And that's, well, a big, first of all, that's a big man. That's not like some no, little Devontae Smith guy, right? But no, no, I, I got to say, what really, there are certain uh, uh, visual uh, visuals that that kind of make things look different. I gotta say that number twenty four they had out there chasing him around. He about as slow as I was. That was <laughs> I mean, he might have been a big hitter, but was he a, a monster back or was he a defensive back? Because he was he was big footing it, as Ron Springs used to say. He was big footing it around that entire field, and I don't think I saw him chase anybody down the entire game. But no, it doesn't take away from. The fact that Lamar Jackson is who we always thought he was. And I must add, still my Super Bowl pick, the Baltimore Ravens, my team is still in it. They have improved over the season. Uh, Lamar Jackson has even improved his passing just a bit and uh, as the season goes on. So right now, uh, my dog, uh, as, uh, except my dog on the AFC side, it's still in the race. And I'm looking 24. That's Kenny Vaccaro for Tennessee. He looked horrible. <laughs> he, he was former first-round draft pick of the Saints yeah, out of Texas. Yeah. He, he, he must be a linebacker that, that must well, have converted he, to, to safety. 
Yeah, he is a strong man, all safety. I saw was He's big always running behind a third. There you go. Kenny Vaccaro is your. All right. Um, all right, we got a choice here, Mickey. Do yes. We want to uh, get into these games. I think we ought. We need. To, I forgot. We got to mint, talk a little bit about Doug Peterson in Philadelphia. Yes, absolutely. What do you think of the Eagles? Uh, yeah. For some reason, that surprised me. Uh, I know there was there were there were some rumblings, and I'm going, no, they're not going to do that, right? No, no. But I think I, you know what? I think there might have been a disconnect between he, he, uh, Peterson and Lurie. Uh, I, I think that maybe he was told to pull the quarterback, and he didn't agree with it, but he did it. And maybe that's why afterwards, when he had trouble explaining why it happened, maybe that's why. Uh, they that's maybe why it happened because he couldn't explain it because he probably wasn't for it. I'm wondering if that took place. And when there's a disconnect between the uh, owner and the head coach, you know who wins, right? Well, Spags, even before the interview, Laurie was, was threatening him before he came in. You know, he's like, look, if he doesn't tell me what I want to hear, he's out of here. Basically, that's what the that was the pregame notion or the pre-meeting notion was unless we're completely on the same page in this meeting, then then we're, we're going to part ways. So you kind of knew going in there was nothing that he could do to change Lori's mind unless it was something biblical. And we didn't want that. <laughs> so how about how about this in the so, NFC the NFC East now because there's a new head coach in Philadelphia so the three first year head coaches are now the deans of the NFC East. That's right. I think uh, Ron Rivera is the dean because he got hired like on January second, <laughs> and McCarthy was January seventh, and Joe Judge was January eighth or something like that, and so uh, yeah. In a, in a year's time, it's a complete turnover. And I think if uh, t- people that uh, aren't fans of the NFC East, I would think that it was probably uh, a good thing that they <laughs> changed coaches in the NFC East. <laughs> hey, I, I have to say, guys, we are looking at a new explosive rivalry, though, uh, between Baltimore and the Titans. You know, you're talking about two teams that really, to me, have the same attitude, uh, mm-hmm. Both of the coaches are extremely hard-headed, stubborn, and good at what they do. The team's philosophy, almost the same. The only difference is the quarterback, one quarterback, is well, both extremely athletic quarterbacks as well. So when you look at that, those teams are almost made the same up and down the line. And, boy, they, they're, they're, they're stomping on each other's logos and things of that nature. That's the kind of playoff games that I really love. That goes back to the old school Cowboys versus Redskins. Harvey Martin taking the wreath and throwing it into the locker room. Other players in the Redskins crying because they just lost the game. That's real emotional playoff football right there. Lamar Jackson running into the locker room. No fanfare of uh, quarterback shaking hands. None of that kind of crap. I'm going in. They don't deserve to shake our hands. I love it. I love it. I love it. Good football. And uh, one more note on the Eagles. They are not hiring Lincoln Riley. Okay, I'm just going to tell you that right now. (laughs) They are not hiring. Lincoln Riley is not going to Philadelphia. Why would he take a worse job? I'll just say that. Okay. Um, Anyway, all right. Matchups this weekend. Here's what we got. 
We got the Ram, the, the early game on Saturday. The Rams are at the Packers. The Saturday night game is Baltimore and Buffalo. Sunday at 2 o'clock, it's Cleveland and Kansas City, Mayfield versus Mahomes. And, of course, they met in college, and it was a 66-59 to game. And Mahomes against my Sooners passed for 700 and something yards and lost the game, 66-59. to Still yeah. lost the game. And then the night game on Sunday night, it's actually a 540 kickoff. Who was his so coach it, in that game, by the way? <laughs> what year was that? So that was, Stoops was still there, or was he? No, I mean, I mean for no, Tech. He meant for tech. for tech. Oh, Kingsbury. Kingsbury yeah, Kingsbury. Five, right. He was a he was a 500 coach at Tech, and he he hadn't got over 500 in the NFL in two seasons either. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Right. Nothing's changed. <laughs> That's right. Hey, you better be careful. Your uh, wife might be listening. All right. <laughs> no, she's not here right now. Well, I can okay. say that. You know what? It's, it's funny you said that. I said something last night. We were watching it, and my uh, two of my daughters were here last night, and they they made me go upstairs to watch the game because they had to watch The Bachelor. Okay, <laughs> so but no, I made no. I get kicked out of the room because they have to watch Bridgerton or something. I can't watch <laughs> that with the girls. No, it's no. My uh, two of my daughters who live close to us, they purpose they. They've come over on Mondays to watch The Bachelor. I'm like, there's football tonight. It's a national championship game. Can we watch some football? Nope. They, they want to look at Mr. Hardy. They don't want to look at you, Bill. Sorry. <laughs> so anyway, I made some snide comment about Cliff Kingsbury as I was walking out of the room. I don't know why. And uh, my wife, the tech grad, said, what is it that you have against Kingsbury? Anyway. All right. That's all right, Bill. I almost got sent upstairs when I pointed out that uh, the last time uh, Devontae Adams had 200 yards in the first half just happened to be against LSU. <laughs> and by the way, uh, we gang up on my wife because she's a tech, and the two daughters that were here last night, they both went to OU to school, so it's fun ganging up. Um, all right, Tampa Bay and New Orleans is the Sunday night game, and it's a 540 kickoff, so it's just like a Super Bowl kickoff between two 40-plus-year-old quarterbacks. So which of those games do you like? Rams-Packers, Ravens-Bills, Browns-Chiefs, Bucks-Saints. Oh, I like all four of them. <laughs> that, 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 I think those are incredible matchups for the playoffs. Um, you know, I don't know about the Rams with their quarterback situation, right? So we're going to take the Packers there? Playing at home? I would think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. we got the Packers there. How about Baltimore and Buffalo? Oh. That's my game. That is going to be an amazing game. Buffalo is super scary. What about hot sauce, man? Just, just yes. found himself another home, and I must admit I'm jealous because I wanted him to stay here as much as I like C.D. Lamb. Before there was a C.D. Lamb, there was hot sauce. He had had a couple of tough years here, and then all of a sudden he just broke out his last year again. Uh, just proud of him. But, man, my Ravens are going to go in there. They're going to shock the world. They're going to shock the world like Muhammad Ali, baby. Cable, I'm waiting on it. That's going to be the upset. That's going to be the upset of the playoffs right there. 
Okay, you got Baltimore. Mickey, you got Baltimore Buffalo in you know, that game. I had, I had said I was sticking with the, the Bills, and so I'm going to stay with them, although uh, I worry about their defense going up against uh, the Ravens. I think I'm going to take Baltimore in that game, too. I, I think I, I'm with you, Everson. All right, they, Cleveland, they Kansas City. They have a spirit, man. It comes from the coach. They got a great spirit on that team. Always All right, Brown, Browns can't go into Kansas City and win, right? I don't think so. Well, KC, KC's defense has been really struggling. And if they can't stop the run, Chubb is going to chew them up. Not just Chubb, but Hunt as well. That's going to be a – I'm sorry, not Hunt, but uh, yeah, Chubb's going to yeah, chew Kareem them up. Hunt. It's going to be tough, guys. I, I Yeah. That could be another upset, Spags. Could be another upset. See, the thing I worry about. Hey, and Mickey, there's another quarterback. There's right. another quarterback there in Mayfield. Is you get a run game going, and he can see, he can now be an efficient quarterback. And what That's I worry, right. what I worry yeah, about, the line. All the time. what I worry that. about Kansas City is is the fact that they kind of struggled down the stretch. They sure have. They, they weren't steamrolling people the way Buffalo was, by the way, or the way the Ravens yep. did at the end of the year. They were struggling to win games, but um, I still, I, I just don't know if I trust the Browns uh, this far. And it's okay. hard to go against Mahomes, just especially in the clutch. Right, right. I, I just can't see them losing their first playoff game of the year after winning the Super Bowl. Second game, maybe. All right, Tampa Bay, <laughs> New Orleans. Mm. Brady and Breeze. I gotta go with the New home Orleans. team. That 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 Saints defense. That's they right. Are, they are top two in the top two in the league right now. Saints defense. And I. So we basically. Go well, ahead, Mickey. I was gonna say, and I agree with him. I think the Saints defense uh, will make make the difference in this one. They ain't giving up thirty or forty points to Tampa Bay. The two things you talked about in the playoffs, Bags. Running game and defense. The Saints have both. Okay, so we would be looking then at an NFC Championship game next week of New Orleans at Green Bay. And Everson, you would have an AFC Championship game of Baltimore at Kansas City. And Mickey, you have Buffalo at Kansas City. Yes, absolutely. So there you go. That's pretty pretty tasty. I like that. All right. I like that, Bill. Tasty. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's, let's end the show on tasty. Don't need any hot sauce on <laughs> now, this one. So you could have you could have so you could have some cold weather come the conference championship games. Yes, it absolutely. gets cold in Kansas City, and we know it gets cold in Green Bay. Yeah, and Buffalo. And Buffalo. If it t- turned out Kansas City would have to lose, but all right. That does it for mix shots. Unless you got uh, Mickey, you got a final mix shot to wrap it up. I think I took all my shots, and if I took one more, it probably <laughs> wouldn't have anything to do about football. So I'm gonna bite my tongue. <laughs> oh, oh! We were going the whole you. show, Spags. Yeah. Let's keep it. Let's just end it, okay? Let's just. Let, end we can it. end it. Mickey, sing no. happy birthday to Chris No, I, end it that I, way. I am not singing, but you know what? On my Friday <laughs> column, I, I made it all the way to my last two lines before I couldn't bite my tongue any longer when I was talking about uh. why the Cowboys didn't play better this year. And I said, we need to quit lying to ourselves. 
because we know what happened in this season and why they finished six and ten. And I said, and God knows we've been seeing too much lying going on already. Uh oh. <laughs> All right. Uh Well, we'll just let that lie there, and then we will let that marinate. We're gonna let that marinate. Yeah. (laughs) And we will be back with a conference championship preview edition of Mix Shots, and no telling who gets fired next. Uh, (laughs) Oh, and by the way, we also got the Dodge Bowl on Saturday night, AT and T Stadium. The Oh, 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 okay. I thought you said dodgeball, dodgeball. Yes, absolutely. I did, too. I got the dodgeball, yeah. (laughs) It's Riley versus Tide on Saturday night, and I will recap for you that uh, for you on uh, next Tuesday on Mixed Shots because that's the game I'm going to on Saturday night. All right, talk to you later. See you guys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?